Welcome to episode four of the Teaming Up podcast with Amanda Colocho and Meg Urban. The topics for this episode will include media relations tactics like sampling and gift guide pitching. Interested in checking out the video version? Head over to our YouTube channel and don't forget to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts to get future installments. You'll find the links to everything you need in the show notes. Well, it's time for me to pass it over to the team. Enjoy. talking about media relations. Um, We're going to get a little bit more in depth than an earlier episode of Teaming Up where Josh and Hannah talked about how the landscape of media relations has changed over the years. Meg, you and I uh, today are going to be diving specifically into consumer media relations and some of the work that Hodges does there. I know you and I work really closely on quite a few different accounts, but one where we work, I think, the most on together is probably Virginia Distillery Company. I know today we're going to be using a lot of different examples um, from our work that we do with the distillery uh, to cover four topics within um, that realm of consumer media relations. So we'll be talking about relationship building, which I think we can both agree on is really the foundation of the work we do when it comes to media relations. And then we're also going to cover product sampling, market pitching, and then some gift guide pitching. Uh, But before we get started, Meg, do you want to kick us off and introduce the Virginia Distillery Company? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Amanda. And I know we have a lot to get to today. Um, So excited to talk about all of it with you. But so we have worked, Hodges has worked with Virginia Distillery Company since 2015. So for about six years now. And Virginia Distillery Company is an American single malt whiskey distillery that's located in Lovingston, Virginia. So about 30 minutes outside of Charlottesville. And when we started working with the distillery, our focus This was really on statewide and regional media relations and uh, also on promoting the distillery's visitor center, which was just opening up in 2015. So we were really focused on markets where people might live within two or three hours and thinking think about the distillery as a part of their itinerary to Charlottesville or something like that. Um, And the distillery has really grown uh, in the past six years that we've been working with them. Uh, They have launched Courage and Conviction which is their flag uh, flagship American single malt whiskey. And that whiskey is available um, in a number of states throughout the country with shipping um, to more than 40 states. And I think the way that I like to think about our relationship with the distillery and the distillery team is that Hodges has really been able to grow, um, you know, with our work alongside the distillery as the distillery has really grown and their products have grown, you know, the lineup, the distribution, and all of those things. So um, we've just grown right alongside them. And I think it's been uh, really great to both get, um, you know, ingrained in the whiskey world, which there's just so much as far as, you know, contacts and specific outlets and things like that there. And then also just the general consumer media relations and, um, you know, having fun with product pitching, you know, with a really fantastic product. Yeah, yeah, no, I think um, so you were on the team for about a year before I had joined. And the reason for my 
you know, being added to the team was because the distillery was expanding into so many bigger markets. I think they were moving into Chicago, New York, and, and you know, those bigger areas in the U.S. Um, so with that, you know, came, like you said, that growth in the national outreach um, and expanding sort of that market pitching. I know one thing that's been really cool with the distillery growing and just continuously having new bottle releases and different things to go back to our, our contacts with and new contacts is um our ability to sort of build those relationships, like we had mentioned earlier, um, you know, we've really built a rapport with contacts. And so I think one of the biggest things that's really important with media relations, whether it's consumer or any media relations, is really doing our due diligence to do our research before we just start, you know, blindly pitching a reporter or release. Um, we always want to really make sure that we're personalizing our outreach. And so, you know, over the years, I've been able to move away from, you know, hey, Meg, how was your weekend to actually checking in with life style events or life events. And I can actually say, Hey Meg, you know, how's the new house? How's new parent life treating you? Or, you know, I know when our uh, contacts have been on vacation and I know when not to contact them and when to contact them. And so it's been really great to develop those relationships because we've been able to work with a distillery for, for such a long time. And Amanda, I feel like we've both seen this, but I feel like one of the biggest benefits specific to media relations of that relationship building is that when reporters start to get to know you and respect you, um, you end up being on those inbound lists, you know, for queries and for stories. And so we're both on the receiving end, I think, you know, probably at least on a monthly basis of getting notes, you know, from freelancers and people at different publications of, hey, you know, here are some stories that I'm working on the ne in the next few months, um, you know, do you fit into this and let's chat about it. And so we know, you know, about things like that and it can just help, you know, inform our outreach and let us be really smart. Um, but it's, I, I think all of it just comes down to relationship building and just getting to um, a place of just respect and positive energy between, you know, the PR person and whoever you're working with. Right. And yeah, like you said, we've created these inbound opportunities, both on a regular basis, but again, because we've sort of built our client, Virginia Distillery Company, as an expert specifically with American Single Malt, they have become a resource in the category uh, nationwide. And so whether it's the regular emails we get from our riders or it's somebody specifically working on an American made whiskey, you know, we've had some some success there as well. And again, just creating inbound opportunities because of relationship building. I think um, one of the biggest things that helps us to be successful with this pitching and, and building relationships and outreach um, is something that our client does a really good job of, and that's the product sampling. I think they really see the value in being able to share a sample of the whiskey to let it speak for themselves uh, or let the whiskey speak for itself, I should say. Um, and they do such a good job with making sure that the packaging is done really well. It's a very experiential process when we're sending um, samples. And again, that, you know, they're just very open to sending as many as needed. I think over the years we've sent hundreds of samples to different whiskey writers and lifestyle writers um, just across the gamut. And so do you want to uh, get started with just kind of giving us a 101 on when it comes to product sampling? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and Amanda, you kind of alluded to this, but with uh, with consumer media relations, I think the biggest thing is just being able to get the product in hand. Uh, you know, you can send a release, you can send a pitch, but mm-hmm. when you can actually send a product that, you know, looks nice, tastes good, especially when it's something that's food and beverage related or, you know, same thing applies to fashion. You know, you can get the feel for something. You can actually touch it and see this is a really nice quality. Uh, So I think just that product in hand is really the most important thing. But from a budget standpoint and also a logistics standpoint, it really requires um, the support of the client, you know, to make that happen and to see that it's a worthwhile investment. And so we're really very fortunate um, with the distillery team that both the packaging is so wonderful. We often get notes back uh, from people immediately once we send out a sample that they haven't, you know, tried the whiskey quite yet, but they just want to send us a note to let us know how beautiful the packaging is and that it really stands out. Um, And so things like that are always really nice to hear. And um, yeah, and then, I mean, we hear about the taste, but so I think think just getting those samples in front of people is is so important and so crucial. Um, And I would just say from, from the for the basics of sampling, the most important thing I think that we try to do is an agency philosophy is that we don't blindly send out, you know, samples. And we really can't in this instance because we're working with, um, you know, an alcohol product that, you know, people need to sign for upon delivery. We need to know that somebody's of age and all of those things. But we um, we work with contacts and, you know, we'll write them. And when it's somebody, either a new contact or somebody that we've worked with before, and we're releasing something new, um, we always reach out to try to find out, hey, when is a good time to get this in front of you? And it might turn out um, that they really want to try it, but that they're already, you know, slammed for August. And can we check back in in September? Amanda, I think you got a note like that in, you know, June um, of somebody that was asking you to come back like four months from now. Yep, I did. And I have a calendar reminder for the middle of September to follow up with them. Um, And just to that point, it really is so important to make sure that we're getting permission um, to send products. I know with some outlets we work with, there are certain um, rules around what, you know, the price of a sample or something that we're sending or what size we're allowed to send. Um, And then I think one thing which is going to help segue us into the next topic is with market pitching is that Um, Each state has different rules, laws, and regulations when it comes to um, alcohol and sending product samples or or, or retail regulations around that. And so we have to always be really careful with that, too. Yeah, I think just from a compliance standpoint, we, you know, we work very closely with our client on that. But um, Mm -hmm. I think from our end, you know, we know what our, you know, no ship states are or the states that we have to be more sensitive to when we're working on sampling requests. And so um, what we try to avoid on our side is offering, you know, samples to someone that we ultimately can't, you know, deliver them to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, if there are states where we might need to do a more coordinated effort to get someone a sample, we'll try to let them know that on the front end that it might just not be as easy as them sending us our um, sending us their address and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, us being able to roll with it and get them a sample really quick. It might be us working with the sales team at Virginia Distillery Company to, um, you know, find an appropriate point of contact that can do an in-person handoff or something along those lines. I know we've had a few of those within the past few weeks. So we work, you know, really hard because I think um, the distillery team 
team is obviously really proud of the product. We're proud of representing the product. And, um, you know, we work hard to get the samples out to a lot of people and to get the whiskey in front of as many people as possible. Definitely. And a lot of the riders are familiar that their state might be a little bit tough. So they're always um, flexible and willing to work with us, too. But again, it's just really making sure we're transparent and having that you know, open communication. Amanda, I know you were saying that, you know, we're talking a little bit about how the state by state can be a little bit tricky just with navigating samples. And I think we're largely pretty fortunate that for most states it's simple, but I think that is um, a good way to transition us into the um, an area that you really help us lead along with Julia, mm-hmm. um, who's another Hodger that's on the Virginia Distillery Company account with us, but she's not here for our teaming up today, um, but want to give her credit too. But you and Julia, really lead the efforts for market pitching. So do you want to talk about that part of our work and how that works sure. into our larger strategy? Yeah. So I think whenever our client becomes available in a new state or a new city, a new town, or new products are now becoming available in those areas, we really localize our pitching as much as possible. You know, this is the the best way for us to create a groundswell of excitement within those markets to get in front of consumers and whiskey enthusiasts and, and groups. Um, and so with that, you know, we're like I said, we're always trying to find really hyper local outlets. So we're always trying to find the style weeklies of smaller cities and towns. I think over the years, you know, some of Virginia Distillery Company's biggest fans are bloggers that I've worked with in Boston um, or um, a podcast that we worked with in North Carolina, you know, they talk about how much they can't wait to actually come visit the distillery because they're not too far away. Uh, I know we've had a lot of success with working not only with local uh, magazines and and bloggers and lifestyle outlets like that, but also working with local whiskey groups. And so we've helped get some whiskey samples in front of those um, individuals and coordinated virtual tastings. Um, So again, we're getting you know, right in front of their direct consumers in other states. So with our market pitching, it definitely doesn't come without its challenges. I know we, you know, we're a Virginia made with, or we're not, but our client, it's a Virginia made product. And so sometimes it could be tough getting into some larger markets with a really robust whiskey scene. Um, They're really focused on, you know, their local whiskeys and their local distilleries and beverage and uh, just beverage producers and things like that. And so one way we really help or one thing we really want to make sure that we're always doing is, again, localizing our pitch and really personalizing it. And so we work closely with the sales team, even here with our market pitching to see what local retailers can we can we mention or can we let locals know this is where you can get the whiskey. And so that's been really helpful, too, is just making sure we can share or tie in that local aspect to say like, hey, this is available down the street at, you know, XYZ retailer that is only included in certain uh, cities or states. So it kind of adds that um, local connection. And Amanda, I think too, with any kind of pitching, but with with a spe- specifically, it comes up a lot with market pitching is also recognizing where we might not be a fit and being okay mm-hmm. with that and knowing not to push too hard. So if we're researching a market and we're seeing that there's a contact or a publication in Texas that truly only covers Texas whiskey, that doesn't mean that we won't introduce them to the brand and let them know who we are. Mm-hmm. But if they respond to us once and say, you know, hey, I'm, you know, really focused on just local products here. Um, And this is why, you know, we 
Totally appreciate that and respect that. And I think it's our uh, just working, you know, mode with any kind of pitching just to we're just trying to be the best stewards, you know, that we can um, to represent the brand and also just to have positive interactions, you know, with as many media contacts as we can work with. So uh, it actually, Amanda, it made me smile before when you were saying, uh, you know, our American single malt whiskey. And then you're like, wait, 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 the distillery's American single malt whiskey because I do think we get, you know, we talked about our long history with the distillery and how we've been working with Virginia Distillery Company for six years. And we really do get to a place where even though we're an agency that's representing clients and we're not officially a part of the team, that we really see ourselves as an extension of the marketing team. We're having, you know, we have a weekly call every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, We've, you know, witnessed um, a lot of changes at the distillery um, a lot of growth and a lot of excitement. And so I think there are those times when, you know, I write back and I'm like, we are so excited and, you know, people will say how much they love it. And I I feel personally proud, um, even though we don't have anything ourselves to do with actual production. Definitely. Um, and even with just how knowledgeable we've become about the product and the category. And again, the pride that we have as their PR partner, um, is something that, just has developed again over time because we work so closely with them. So I know, Amanda, we've talked about, uh, we talked about relationship building. We've talked about general sampling. We talked a little bit about market pitching. And I think uh, the last thing that we wanted to really jump into today was gift guide pitching. And so it's funny because it's July and coming up on the end of July that we're filming this and Mm -hmm. almost August. And you're probably thinking that, you know, the holidays feel very far away. But from a PR standpoint, we start thinking about the holidays with about a six month lead time. So in May and June, we were doing outreach for print publications for holiday gift guides. And I think a lot of what we talked about earlier applies to holiday gift guides when it comes to, you know, relationship building and sampling um, and all of those things, you know, those are just general good PR rules across the board. But I think with the holiday gift guides specifically, a lot of times we are developing new relationships specific to holiday contacts um, because of the way that publications assign, um, you know, it might be that somebody is the assigned point of contact to own the holiday guide for a year or two, and then they move on or into a different position and somebody else comes in to fill that role. So the way that we start holiday outreach each year is really reaching out. Um, You know, we'll start like based on research of who's done recent gift gift guides at a publication, um, the contacts that we reached out to the previous year. And our initial outreach for gift guides is very short and sweet. Um, Mm -hmm. So we want to make it something, you know, that is easy for people to respond to um, and that it doesn't take them much time or, you know, much thought to get back to us. Um, but really just going to contacts and saying, hey, are you the appropriate point of contact for, um, you know, this publication's holiday gift guide this year? Um, you know, can you share your deadline with us or any specific categories that you might be working on? Um, and if you're not the right contact, can you point us in the right direction? And so we usually just try to have a communication like that that is, you know, simple, short and sweet uh, to really start the conversation and to find out, you know, yes, I am the right point of contact. 
contact. Here are a few details that you need to know, or I'm not the appropriate person, but I've CC'd the person that's handling it. Um, and so it, you know, like with any media relations and any outreach, it does take some uh, follow-up and some time sometimes to get responses. But I think that we usually find that that's a pretty good approach specific to holiday. Yeah, definitely. And then just adding on to sometimes it taking a lot of effort or follow-ups and, and it does take time to either get a sample out the door, get a response, and sometimes get some coverage from the time we send a sample to some a story actually runs, you know, uh, in print or online. Um, these are definitely relationships and opportunities that we sort of nurture over time. I know there have been a lot of examples where we've sent a product in July in previous years for the holiday gift guide consideration, uh, and we ended up not getting included, but we did get included in um, the Valentine's Day roundup uh, a few months later, and then we've been included in, you know, Father's Day roundups uh, or Father's Day gift guide roundups and uh, the best whiskeys to try in the U.S. or in Virginia. And so, it's definitely important to to be patient with this. And again, going back to, you know, the relationship building and nurturing um, sort of these opportunities because it can it can take time. It's most of the time our, we're not going to get a, a story that runs immediately after they get a sample. So it's just, you know, keeping that expectation as well as of, of being patient and and just spreading the net wide and, and getting the whiskey in front of as many people as possible. Yeah, I honestly think that is half the battle. And I think we're fortunate to work with a lot of clients that really understand that. But media relations in particular, it's such a long game that, you know, I think we've worked honestly with contacts before who we have sampled to them and we might not see a result from that sampling for honestly as long as about two years and yeah. that doesn't mean that we won't be communicating you know with the contact in between um checking in seeing if they've had a chance to try it seeing where it might be a fit uh but i think it's always finding that line of being persistent without being pushy and also mm -hmm. just respecting how you know busy people might be with other you know deadlines and other stories and you know this whiskey while it's the one thing that we're talking to them about it's not the one thing that they're working on. Um, mm -hmm. But I think as PR people working with our clients to help manage, you know, those expect expectations. Um, and so our clients specifically, if they're on, you know, communications or marketing teams, so they can advocate to their own leadership that this is just the nature, you know, sometimes of media relations engagements and, and how it works. And um, I think we've seen that, you know, ultimately the, the sampling and the personalized outreach that it really does pay off, um, but but it can take a long time. So patience is definitely a virtue in the world of media relations. Yeah. And then you said something that made me, uh, reminded me to also share that because of the relationships that we've built over the years, a lot of these aren't just whiskey trade outlets, they're lifestyle outlets. And so we're finding opportunities for other clients that are, do a lot more consumer facing, you know, B2C work. And so we've been able to to create opportunities for even other clients outside of the distillery that we work with uh, because of how well informed and knowledgeable we are with what specific national writers are covering, what their beat is. Uh, we know who writes gift guides, you know, throughout the year for certain outlets. And so we're able to to bring other ideas if this person isn't covering whiskey. Um, so that's one thing that I think is really important with 
being able to partner with an agency or with folks that are really just involved in media relations on truly on a day to day basis. Yeah. And Amanda, I love what you were just saying, too, about being able to bring different brands together, because I think when there is that opportunity, like for Synergy at Hodges, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're working with two products that, you know, Men's Journal or a different men's interest outlet might be interested in, um, like Gear Patrol or Cool Hunting, uh, it gives us the opportunity to be able to go to those editors with not just one thing that they might like, but to say, hey, um, you know, we're working with two or three different things right now that might be a fit for you. Um, and I think it just makes the email, you know, more appealing to open. Um, and then we can, you know, be doing work for multiple clients at the same time that, you know, are relevant to these outlets, which is cool. Yeah. 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 Well, I know we've covered quite a bit today, um, but, you know, media relations really is one of our fortes at Hodges. And so if you have any questions or are curious about, or for those watching, if you have any questions or are curious to learn more about some of the media relations work we do, we have tons of tools and tips and templates and, and you know, how to even get your started with list building on our Gong blog. So head over to our blog if you have questions or feel free to reach out. We're always happy to have a coffee, have a conversation um, and collaborate with others. So um, this was a lot of fun, Meg. Yeah, it was great, Amanda. Thank you.